Welcome to Let It Grow Investing. I'm Jeff. Thank you for stopping by. Let's talk about stocks, crypto, market news, investing ideas, and strategies. I'm not a financial advisor, and this is only for entertainment purposes. Please make sure to like, follow, and share so that we can all grow together. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Let It Grow Investing. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping in to have a conversation with us about what's going on in the world, all the geopolitical problems we've got, uh, what's going on in the markets, and uh, you know what I'm ultimately doing uh, in my portfolio to uh, take advantage of what's going on. That might be a little insensitive, but... Um, I do want to say thoughts and prayers go out to all the people in Ukraine. It's uh, it's quite a mess what's going on over there. And uh, hopefully it can get resolved soon and some some other powers might step in and, and do what needs to be done in order to get their lives back in, uh, in order as soon as possible. But uh, that being said, uh, you know, all of what's going on over there is definitely causing ripples throughout the world. Obviously, we felt it, uh, you know, in more ways than one. But uh, when it does come to the market, we have seen quite a a good sell-off, and ultimately, we we saw a turnaround as well. Which we we talked about that Nasdaq number. We talked about the Nasdaq hitting that thirteen two. Uh, we fell right through it. I think it was on Thursday. And yeah, it was Thursday. We we hit about 12.7. I'm seeing about 12.7 on my charts. I'm looking at Yahoo Finance. And ultimately, uh, you know, within that day, though, we closed. Uh, I think we closed right around 13.4. So we broke that level that we had, that line in the sand. But then ultimately, the market rallied. Um, I'm not too sure as to why this happens. Uh but ultimately, we, we know that there's enough buyers uh, and it's not just retail buyers. A retail market would would move it a little bit. But when you see uh, minus three and a half percent to a, a positive three and a half percent in a given day, uh, there, there's a lot of big buyers coming in. That's that's not just the retail. That's not just us, you know, dipping our toes in to see how uh, the market's doing. That's uh, that's a lot of movement. That's a, a lot of volume. So that ultimately we had that, you know, six, 7% swing within a given day. Uh, and it wasn't just positive movement. It was negative to positive, which ultimately means that same thing that I saw last time when we hit that 13, two, we had a four and a half to 5% uh, down. And then we somehow closed positive that day. Also, I think it was like two or three Mondays back. So that that line is still there. I think that support has probably been brought down to that twelve seven ish area. Uh, I still like the the thirteen two. If it can hold that, that would be great. I think we're probably going to go through it again at some point. Uh, it easily could be over the weekend uh, when we get back to market open Monday. We could certainly see a sell off. We we never know about what the weekend's going to unfold and mean. Uh, so I'm kind of surprised that the rally held Friday afternoon. Uh, generally speaking, a lot of people will get out of their stocks or their riskier plays with all the tensions going on out there on a Friday afternoon to come back and you know let things kind of settle down or ultimately see what the market does over the weekend. 
and, and then maybe reestablish those positions on like a Monday morning. So that's why sometimes Monday morning we have a lot of spikes. And I'll also say that uh, we generally for the investing challenge, we are buying Monday lunchtime. I like to let it settle down a bit. Uh, and that's a lot of the reason that Mondays can be rough. You've got, uh, you know, 48 hours of news that hasn't really hit the market yet. Uh, you know, we'll see a little bit in the pre-market come Sunday night. Uh, but then ultimately right now, the pre-market really isn't that great of an indicator. I saw it down uh, percent, percent and a half, and then we open green. So it's it's very uh, volatile right now. If it's red one second, just, just close your eyes and wait and it'll probably be green uh, and vice versa. So don't don't get too excited about a green day or a red day. The uh, the market will inflict the pain uh, just when whenever you're not looking. So certainly be aware of that. Be aware that um, you could see these sell offs on a Friday or a rally or big big loss on a Monday morning. It's just the way things are working, and uh, right now the volatility is going nuts. We are whipsawing back and forth in any given day, any given time. It's been painful. Um, this is short of 2020. I think this is possibly one of the, the worst whipsaw back and forth that I've felt. Uh, you know, like I've said, I'm, I'm a six, seven, eight year investor at this point. And, you know, ultimately, uh, I do think this one's going to get figured out. Um, you know, we, we definitely need to have that clarity, but I, I strongly feel that we need to be buying well, one, while there's blood in the streets, you invest. You know, we've always heard that. Well, now's the time. And, you know, a lot of people are, are fearful. So it's it's time for us to get greedy. This is the time where I want to be buying. I know there's a lot of people that are saying it's too early. Um, and for that reason, I, I do dollar cost average. I'm putting a little bit in every week. I'm trying to get these dips. I did do some decent buying on Thursday morning um, and some names that uh, I'm trying to build positions in. They might not be names that you're looking for, but um, ultimately it's names that I wanted to build a position in. I've talked about, uh, you know, the banks, the mining stocks, pharmaceutical, things like that, that people are going to have to have. I think those are going to be safer plays right now. That might have not been exactly what um, what I was buying, but uh, let's pull up my orders here and see what I was going after. Um, I know I bought, uh, did buy some NVIDIA which I've been trying to build that position down here. I bought it at 218. Um, and I'm not sure where they're at right now. I think they came up a good bit. But uh, Enphase, PayPal, Tesla. I uh, bought some te Tesla down at 722. Uh, I think it got up in the 820 range about a day later. SoFi, Citibank, did buy some Home Depot. Um, you know, a couple more of the, the same things here. So I was nibbling as it was going down. Ultimately, if we get back to down to those levels, uh, I will be buying more. You know, this is that time where I really want to build up these positions. I really want to get uh, more value for my dollar as I'm spending my money. I want to be able to buy more shares with the same amount of money. So that's uh, that's what I'm looking to do right now. I want to increase my share count. Um, I know ultimately, if you're a newer investor, the last you know two months have been brutal absolutely brutal so if you just started at the first of the year um you know just uh, know that it's a wild ride right now the past two years have been nothing but um making money 
Now it's trying to conserve money and build your positions. So that really means that you got to have high convictions in the name that you're looking for. You've really got to know that this is one that you want to be in. You really got to weigh all your battles. That's pretty much what it comes down to me. Um, some people are going to tell you it's not the time to buy. Some people are, you know, going to be later to it, or they're not going to be buying tech. They're going to be buying dividend names. Again, ever there's there's so many ways to make money in the market. You can be in bonds or gold or metals or currency or you know options. There's there's a million and one ways to make money in the market. I'm going to tell you about what I do, how we do it, and uh, ultimately the path that I'm on in order to get where I'm looking to be. And that's that's what I know. I'm not an options trader. Uh, I don't know much about gold. And I mean, that's, you know, bonds aren't my thing either. So my my area is going to be dividends, more growth stocks, um, some different ETFs are going to make you uh, a little bit money, a little bit of money, a, a lot safer than having that exposure to single uh, stocks. So if that's uh, if that's what you want to do, this is uh, that's what we're going to talk about here and uh, ultimately how to set yourself up in those ways. But uh, we're going to take a quick break and uh, I will be right back. And we're going to talk about uh, the stocks that we're looking at uh, going forward, as well as what's going on for the week nine uh, investing challenge and also the uh, the announcement of the week 10 uh, ETFs that we're going to be looking at this week. So uh, stay tuned. I'll be right back. All right. So uh, before we get started, I just wanted to say thank you guys, as always. And uh, if you need to get started on your investing journey, I've always got links in, this, in the description for uh, different platforms that have worked well for me. I've got uh, the Webull link that we use for the investing challenge where you can get a bunch of free stocks right now. They're giving out, uh, I think it's three free shares at the moment. They've always got some offer. It's hard to keep up with what they're doing over there. Uh, but when you use my link, you get three or to six free shares, depending on uh, what their promotion is at that given point in time. You just sign up, you get a free share for just creating an account, and then you get free shares when you deposit money. So feel free to use that link. I get a little something out of it too. It's like a high five for me. Um, but then E-Trade, similar. You've got uh, different tiers where you put in X amount of money. You get more money as a, a freebie to get started. And uh, then what we've always got Crypto.com and Binance.us. Uh, I am kind of getting out of Binance. And the reason that I'm doing that uh, is because Crypto.com has now uh, put a feature on their website to where you can do instant deposits from your bank account into crypto and you don't have to basically set up like an online bill pay uh which was kind of a, a drawdown to that one it took three to five days to get your money in there through online bill pay but now it's an automatic transfer uh it's a lot easier and i'm liking it so far and that was kind of one of my reasons that i was using binance it was easier to get money in on say a Sunday morning when the market sold off on crypto, you could get money into Binance real quick and you couldn't for me on uh, crypto.com. So yeah, I was putting money in on Binance. Binance still does have uh, limit orders. Say you want to buy Ethereum when it hits $24.50, um, you can put that limit order in, walk away, never look at it again. And if it hits it, great. If not, you know, you're, you're not buying. That is still nice on Binance. I'm not sure that crypto.com supports that. So anyhow, those links are there. Hopefully they help you get started. 
And uh, like I said, you know, I get a little bit of kickback in return for you opening an account using my link. So if you're going to open one, uh, please go ahead and use the link. But uh, anyhow, so with all this market turmoil, we've got, uh, you know, all, all the problems going on in the world. We had been looking at these rate hikes from the Fed. Uh, it had been a, some talk about a half a percent going up in March. Um, now that has kind of gone out the window. I was looking at the target probability for these rate hikes. And apparently about only 13% of people are thinking we're going to get a half a point of uh, rate hikes now. So 87% are saying we're going to get a quarter point. And, you know, that's going to be a little bit easier for the market to digest. When we had it at a half a point, it went up a good bit more. And a lot of people were really uncertain as to what that was going to do. A lot, a lot of people thought it was too much all at once. And we still could have the seven rate hikes that they're talking about. They might be smaller. We might get that half a point on uh, two sessions from now. And that could, you know, spur some more controversy. But we know that these rate hikes are coming. We know what that means. We know where we want to be putting in our, our money in those different uh, points in time. You know, as I've said before, growth is generally going to get hurt by um, higher cost of getting capital. And, you know, banks on the other side are going to get uh, more money as they can lend at a higher rate. So it just depends on if they're lending, if they're an investment bank, you really got to look into what that bank actually does. Uh, so someone like Goldman uh, Sachs might not really um, get that benefit of that higher rate because they're going to be more of an investment bank. So take that as a you know bit of info as to what you might want to look for uh, when you're looking at what to invest in. We've also got oil. That uh, crude price went above $100 a barrel. Obviously, those companies are doing better right now. That could be temporary. When this uh, conflict or war gets solved in the Ukraine, hopefully some of those oil reserves and, and everything gets a little bit easier and we can get more oil around the world and not have such a strain on the supply side. Um, you know, if the, the Keystone, if that ever got opened back up, I'd be grateful for that as well. I think that would definitely ease a lot of fears going forward. I'm not sure if that that's going to happen or not, but uh, all options out there right now, everything's kind of on the table. We're trying to figure out what's what. Um, so all those stocks tend to do better in these type of environments, you know, and when we're looking at uh, different names, uh, when it comes to growth, there's still a lot of names I like. You know, there's there's names that have been beat down that really probably shouldn't have been beat down so much, in my opinion. We had talked about SoFi. We talked about them getting their bank charter. They got the charter. It rallied, uh, I think, up to like 14 and some change. And now we're back down in the 10 to 11 range. Uh, it's still one that I think is going to do well. I, I think we're going to definitely see them be better in in three to five years. So if you think of those names that are really going to do better, I really think now could be a great time to start a position or build your position. So when I'm also looking at Palantir, uh, Palantir's business, you know, with Foundry and Gotham, both their uh, security plays that uh, they're using for government and commercial applications should do really well here also. Um, they've been sold off pretty heavily. So I'm looking at adding that. Uh, Lucid, still one that uh, hasn't quite proven itself. 
I still think that they have a good potential in the market. So I'm looking to add some Lucid as well. So, I mean, those are three names that I really would like to build a position in that are growth. They're not for this year. They're for three to five years. That's that's where I'm looking. But if you're looking at names that are going to do better now, you might want to look at those short-term names based on the rates, based on the geopolitical environment that we're in. So um, we're going to take a look at that on the week 10 uh, investment challenge where we're putting $200 in every Monday on Webull. And that's what we're looking to build a position uh, or a portfolio over the year with that $200 weekly. I want to show the the benefits of that compounding, you know, and when you're actually persistent and you're, you're regularly investing. Uh, right now, it's been it's been rough. I think last time we did an update, we were down 10 or 11 percent. Uh, now we're only down eight, eight and a half percent, which is kind of surprising with everything going on in the world. But uh, yeah, so week nine, we were looking at real estate investment trust. We were looking at REITs. We were looking at uh, names like WPC, WP Carry. We were looking at O Realty Company. We were looking at AMT, American Tower, MPW, Medical Properties Trust. And the fifth one was IRM, Iron Mountain, which is a uh, document storage and paper shredding company. And they're also doing more in the way of database centers. So they're using some of their warehousing space or building more space to house these new database centers that uh, a lot of companies are gonna need going forward with all the different things that are uh, going on in the world. There's more people that are gonna need their, their data uh, remotely. So, you know, Iron, Iron Mountain is stepping in to fill that void. And right now we are going to be buying $200 worth of Iron Mountain on, uh, on Monday, around lunchtime, like I normally do. And that kind of takes some of that volatility and the swings out from that early morning trading. And let's take a look here. I forget what the, that yield was on Iron Mountain right now. Um, currently, we are at 5.5% on a, a starting yield. So we're going to get a good amount of money uh, over the year. You know, 5%. Well, I mean, granted, it's only on 200 bucks. But if you were putting $10,000 in this name, you know, you're getting $540 a year. Uh, simply to to own the stock. So that's uh, definitely a nice uh, dividend yield. And uh, they, they also have some a good bit of upside, according to the analysts as well. Um, we are currently, uh, it's only 10.9. I think this one has rallied this week, though. So I, sometimes I think I just need to go ahead and buy it as, as soon as we can. But yeah, I'm looking at the five day. Jeez. Um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, under 43. And then Friday, we close at 48.67. So, um, yeah, about five bucks up in a week that uh, we had done this uh, poll. And now we're going to be buying it. And it's probably going to drop because I think it ran up a little, little too heavy, too quick. So maybe Monday morning this one goes down. And that's when we're going to try to scoop this one up if, uh, if it starts red. But uh, just Friday, they were up 7%. So, that one, uh, we'll, we'll have to try to time that one a little bit to, to get a better starting price, but we'll, uh, we'll definitely keep our eye on that one, and I will be buying it Monday one way or the other. Now, for week 10, we are looking at ETFs. Why are we looking at ETFs? Uh, I think they're going to give us a good bit more safety, and they're going to give us a broader market approach to all these different names. 
Uh, you know, because the, the single stock exposure is great, but uh, I know a lot of people who are starting don't want single, single stocks. You're really looking for that broad market uh, way to get in. And these are going to be some of those names that I've either invested in before uh, or I've looked at before or ones that I think are going to do well in this environment. Uh, so now, uh, VOO, Vanguard, it's an S&P 500 ETF. ETF is an exchange traded fund. A bunch of different stocks make up one fund. Uh, so when you buy this Vanguard fund, you're getting a bunch of different names. Uh, now, this one is going to be very broad. So you're going to get, well, when I'm looking at it here, the, the top 10 names make up about 28% of the holdings. And we're looking at uh, in, in VOO, you got Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Alphabet, which is Google, Tesla, Facebook, NVIDIA, Berkshire Hathaway, Johnson & Johnson. So it is a mixture of all these companies in smaller percentages to where you get a little bit of everything within buying this one name. Great way to start. Uh, I've always said if you got 10 grand that you're looking to invest in the market, uh, VOO is a great way to, to spend that first $10,000, get your, you know, your feet wet a little bit, you understand what's going on and then you can either, you know, keep investing in that or dabble into some other stuff. So that's number one. Uh, and you do get a dividend with that. It's about 1.3% right now. The second one is also going to be a Vanguard fund. It's another ETF. And this one is going to pay you a bit more. This one, the yield is about 2.89%. Uh, and this one is going to be VYM. It's their Vanguard, uh, their high dividend yield ETF. So we're looking more Dow-like names. We're looking more safer plays. And when I'm looking here, we've got uh, Johnson & Johnson, JP Morgan, Home Depot, Procter & Gamble, Bank of America, Exxon, Pfizer, Chevron, AbbVie, Pepsi. And I think short of Procter & Gamble and Pfizer, I own all of these in my brokerage account. Uh, so a lot of names I'm comfortable with, a lot of uh, more uh, teens into low 20s PE ratios. The outlier in that would be Procter & Gamble. And Pepsi, they're trading up near the high 20s right now. Um, but a lot of safer names, a lot more dividend yield in these names. So that is definitely another way to have a little bit less risk. And, and you're going to get that dividend, which is nice. S&P generally does a little bit better in the way of returns. You're going to get uh, some more tech in there, but you're also going to get some more sell-offs when things go sideways or when things go down. And so for that one, VYM, it's the high yield. I'll call it the Dow fund. It's a lot, uh, a lot safer of names, but uh, a little bit higher of a yield as well. So now number three, we are looking at QQQ. And this one is one that I mentioned when we were looking at the NASDAQ, when we were looking at that, uh, that 13.2 number. We were looking at the uh, Invesco QQQ getting down to like 340. Uh, right now they're at 345 and they went up about five bucks on Friday alone. And this is one that I definitely think is going to, it's going to have some risk 
as some more risk than uh, pr- definitely more risk than VYM, probably a, a little bit more risk than VOL. A lot of the same names are going to make up this one, but it's pretty much tech uh, that we are going to be getting into in QQQ. So a little bit less on the yield side, so not as much of a dividend, but uh, a lot of similar names to the top 10 in VOO, but uh, it's really just made up of tech names as you go down the list. So the top 10 make up 53% of this fund, uh, and you've got Apple and Microsoft making up about 22% with those two alone. Uh, Then past that, you've got Amazon, Facebook, Tesla, Google, NVIDIA, Adobe, and Broadcom, AVGO, which I'm I'm definitely a fan of Broadcom. Uh, I own a lot of these as well. Um, Actually, the only one I don't own there is going to be Adobe. So the other ones have all served me pretty well. Uh, Apple and Microsoft and Broadcom have probably done the best for me but I have owned them for a long while. So that might be a little bit biased, a little unfair to some of the ones that are newer to my portfolio, but definitely a good list of names. Uh, We've definitely seen a sell-off. They have entered that correction territory. It could go down. It could get into a bear market if we drop to that 20%. But uh, ultimately we are at 345 and the, uh, the high in this one was 408. uh, And that was just back in November. So we're down what? 60 some uh, points. So we've definitely had, what is that? Uh, 15% roughly. And, you know, back of the napkin math. And then the uh, number four that we're going to be looking at here is a cybersecurity ETF. Now, when I first heard of the problems in uh, Russia and Ukraine, my, my head immediately went to your typical defense names. Uh, I even said it on on a couple shows, you know, markets red. Only thing that I'm seeing up is Lockheed, um, you know, uh, L3 Harris, other names that are really strictly defense names, um, Northrop Grumman, things like that. Now, when I really dug into it and then I heard about the cyber attacks and that uh, Ukraine's uh, Internet, things like that were down or they were getting hacked. I really thought, you know, these cybersecurity companies could really be the new defense companies. They could really take the uh, the cake from some of the, your traditional names, and these could really do well here. And, you know, couple that with the, the fact that a lot of them have sold off very heavily. Um, as this fund is, it's got, uh, when I'm looking at market cap, it's got 14% in giant size companies, 27 in large. of it is in medium-sized companies, 25% is in small caps, and then 3% is in micro caps. So you get a wide mixture. You get those big names. You've also got some up-and-coming companies that have probably been beat down heavier than, say, your giant names, say your Palo Alto Networks or your Zscaler, who have sold off. Uh, So I really thought that this could give uh, a lot of help to our uh, investing challenge portfolio in the way of one, I think it works well in this environment. I think people are going to really lean into these companies so they don't get hacked next, especially the more hacks that you hear of. They're going to be looking to have that uh, security ahead of time rather than be late to the game. And I think we're, we're slowly adopting that mentality of we need to stop the hacks before they happen. And that's why I'm looking at 
uh, a cybersecurity ETF. So when we're looking at this one, um, you got a lot of different names, like I said, a lot of different sizes, but the top 10 make up 46%. And these are going to be names like Cisco, Accenture, Palo Alto Networks, CrowdStrike, which I was buying this week, uh, Juniper Networks, VMware, Checkpoint Software, Tenable, which uh, you know is local to, to me here. I've got a couple of people in the group that are from Tenable, uh, also Cloudflare and Splunk. So a lot of different companies. Uh, I'm not an expert at cybersecurity by any stretch. Uh, I know these names. I know one of the, the guys that I know at Tenable had said, you know, some of these names are high on his list of ones to buy and ones that he works with uh, a lot of different times with when he's talking to customers, they're all kind of mentioning these names. Uh, so for that reason, the, where we're at in the, the geopolitical uh, world, and just where I think things are going, I think these are great names to have. You get a little bit of dividend. A lot of them don't pay any dividend, but Cisco, uh, Juniper are going to pay a dividend on that top 10 list. And ultimately, we're going to get about 0.66% of yield. Uh, I did want to point out that uh, the, the Vanguard funds are very low expense ratios if you're looking to get started. I think they're 0 0.03. And now when we look at... Um, uh, CIBR, which is a uh, that first trust uh, cybersecurity ETF. I'm trying to look at the um, the expense ratio here. I think it's 0.4. Uh, now I can't find it. Go figure. But yeah, it, it is a little bit more of an expense ratio, which is going to get swept out of your account. Uh, it's either quarterly or yearly. You won't see it. You're not going to get a bill. It just, they just sweep it out. Uh, that's how they collect their fees to have your money managed by uh, this company that runs the ETF. That's how they always tend to do this. Um, so you do pay a little bit to have an ETF. Uh, in the bigger ETFs, it's a less of a, a fee. In some of the, the smaller with actively managed funds, you're going to pay a bit more. That's just how it works. And, um, you know, so that one is definitely one that I think could work well. Uh, and then for, um, oh yeah, the expense ratio, I found it, 0.6. So it's a little bit higher than I thought, 0.6%. But now, number five, uh, we've got ITA. And ITA is going to be an iShares uh, US Aerospace and Defense ETF. So you're going to get a 0.75% uh, dividend yield with a 0.42% expense ratio. So this one's a little less expensive on the, uh, uh, the fees that they're going to collect from you barely a little bit more in uh, dividend, you're still going to get a mixture of uh, companies that are going to be in here. Primarily, it's 60% of large cap companies, 20% medium, 15% small, and 4.5% micro. Um, it's completely US-based. And these companies are going to be that those typical defense names and aerospace names that we talked about earlier. You're going to get Raytheon, Boeing, Lockheed Martin, General Dynamics, Northrop Grumman, uh, Transdium uh, Group, which I'm probably saying that wrong, L3 Harris, uh, Halmet Aerospace, Textron, and Axon. So a good mix. There are uh, three on this list that I own in my brokerage. You've got uh, your PE ratios are kind of spread out here. We've got things down uh, Northrop being probably the cheapest on the list at 9.4 times. 
And then we've got uh, Raytheon's at a 38.1 PE. And then Halmet is at uh, 61 uh, at a PE. So a little bit of a mixture there. All U.S., all your typical uh, defense and aerospace names. I do think that they're going to do well. Uh, a lot of them have come up, uh, but you know they had been beaten down when everything went to growth. So when everyone was looking to growth, these names had sold off. Uh, Lockheed had gone down to the 330s, 340s. I think they're around 380, 390 right now, maybe. Let's take a look. Oh, shoot. Lockheed went up $13 on Friday. I was way off. So they're at 13, uh, up 1378. They're at 409.50, which uh, I guess I missed that one. But uh, I guess that's doing good for me now. But a little bit of upside left at 0.42%. Um, but still, there's going to be a lot of need for these companies right now. And even companies or even countries that aren't involved in the war, they're going to be trying to bolster their their military up as well. So their sales could be uh, going up even greater. They've already got long backlogs. I know a lot of them had, uh, uh, you know, billions of dollars of orders on the books that they are trying to keep up with. Again, uh, they've got uh, supply issues as well and costs and everything, but they're going to be ones that can pass those costs down to their customers. So ultimately that's what we got here uh, for week 10. We've got VOO, We've got VYM, we've got QQQ, uh, we've got the Cybersecurity F, C, I, B, R, and we have ITA, which is that aerospace and defense uh, ETF. So that's what I'm looking at this week. There's definitely uh, a lot of options there. I, I think that um, if you're more on that safe side, we're looking VYM. If you want a little bit more risk, I'd say CIBR or ITA. If you're kind of in the middle and you want a little bit of risk with a little bit of dividend and some definite growth, I think VOO and QQQ could be for you. But uh, let's make sure we get the votes in. The uh, the REIT week on for week nine was very slim pickings on the votes. So please make sure you go to Let It Grow Investing. Look at the pinned comment at the top of the page. I will have a quick video on there and uh, you can get your votes in right on that pin comment as well. So make sure you get the votes in. Let's uh, continue to dollar cost average into this market. Uh, I want to make sure that we're buying all throughout. We're going to buy the lows. We're going to buy it in the middle. We're going to buy it when it's higher. We're just going to keep adding to our portfolio and we're going to watch it uh, and let it grow. Ultimately, that's what we're, we're here to do. So that's what what's going to happen. Um, so yeah, get those five names, get over there, make the votes count. Uh, I will be closing that on uh, Friday. That's when we're going to try to keep those uh, those polls open until is every Friday. Saturday, if I get uh, a, a bit behind with work or anything, which I did yesterday. So get over there, get the votes in. I will uh, get this episode out and uh, we will talk to you guys on Thursday. But uh, make sure that you get... Uh, uh, all your votes in. And then ultimately, if you can share this podcast with uh, a friend or neighbor, someone who's interested in investing, I would greatly appreciate that. And I will talk to you guys Thursday. Take care. As always, thanks for stopping by. Please make sure to like, subscribe by turning on the notification bell and sharing this podcast to help our community grow. Check the links in the description for offers 
on E-Trade, Binance, and Crypto.com to get your investing journey started. You can also help support the podcast on our Anchor.fm webpage. Until next time, let's get invested and let it grow.